I'm your girl, Latoya Francis, and you're listening to the On My Soapbox podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the On My Soapbox podcast, the place where I come to be unfiltered and unadulterated on matters that might not be popular or might even bring some opposition. But this is my soapbox and these are the things I'm passionate about. Reflecting on the past year and the various conversations I've had with friends and family members coming out of it, it became abundantly clear to me that we've all experienced perspective shifts in various areas of our lives. Over the coming weeks, I would like to invite you to join me on the journey of having intimate conversations with women I love and respect from all around the world and from all walks of life, all sharing the various lessons and perspective shifts they have experienced in the last year up to this point in their lives. This series is called The Perspectives Project. For each podcast episode, there will be an accompanying article posted on the francisthedreamer.com website that further shares our guest's journey. Today, I'm speaking with the one and only Patience Malo, aka Patience Zoa, aka my Swazi queen, LOL. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Patience Malo, a.k.a. Patience Zoa, a.k.a. my Swazi queen? <laughs> um, well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me. It is a privilege to be picked by somebody that I also recognize as a queen, my Cayman Island queen. Um, so... <laughs> So I'm really, really like excited and so glad that you picked me, honestly. Well, there's, I don't know what to say. I feel like I'm a diverse person, somebody who has had the privilege of being all over the world, which has made me not be just uh, one picture, I guess. I think I relate to a lot of different cultures and I love that because it always reminds me of what God wanted us to do in the first place, which is just love each other and get to know each other and be one. So yeah, I live in Swaziland. I am recently married, not recently like hey. yesterday, but going for two years now. So I have a beautiful, wonderful family. I'm very close with my sisters, my brother. I live in the rural part of Swaziland right now in Pix Peak. And I'm working with a ministry called the Church uh, International, where we have an orphanage a preschool and a care point where we feed children as well as a church. And then I also work with El Shaddai, which is another ministry just about an hour away from where my home is. I work with young girls where they're just doing counseling. But yeah, that's kind of who I am for now. <laughs> what can I say, people? My friends are dope. Okay, lots <laughs> of interviews. All right. Um, if you had to give your perspective shift or lesson learned a title, what would that be? Oh my gosh. Expect the unexpected. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what it was. It was everything that, yeah, it was so unexpected. There was nothing that was like, oh yeah, I could have predicted that. That could have happened for sure. No, no. It was like, God was like, <laughs> Here I come, like <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, expect the unexpected, you know. Yeah. In your essay, and by the way, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. You talk about sure. 
you talk about the struggle of busyness, almost mm. realizing that, at least when, when I read it, I felt like it, there was a realization that this busyness can mm. either be seen as an addiction or a cover up or like yeah. a distracting mechanism. Can you walk yeah. us through how you came to that realization that being busy wasn't just only being busy? It was probably right. a distraction from something else. I think what I realized that I missed it so much, you know, like nothing that was calm was good enough. Things that were calm were actually irritating. And even just trying to like spend time with God, it was like I was always looking for the next thing. Or if it wasn't in part of the schedule, it was like, well, we didn't discuss it and I've got other things to do. Or How am I going to get it in? Yes, I should. It's important. But at the same time, you know, I've got so much that I want to do. So that's how I used to live my life before. So I think when I realized it was more of like something that was distracting me from my walk with Christ, something that was distracting me from really living out his will for my life was when it really became an annoyance Mm -hmm. to not be busy. It was just something that I couldn't cope with. And my husband is such a calm person. Mm-hmm. And he's very much like, you know, we'll get it done. And for me, I'm like, I need to know the day, the hour, the moment when we will get it done so that I can work around all of that. So I ended up finding even moments where he was just annoying, but it wasn't because of anything but the fact that he was so calm. Yeah. You know, so it really was something that I felt God was showing me and looking back at being in such a busy organization as well. I just remember times when I would come home and just be in bed and so tired and realize just counting the hours when I had to get up again to do it all again. So Mm. there was really no more joy. And then last few months working for the organization were quiet. And Mm. in that moment, I felt kind of like I wasn't being useful at all. Mm just because, and it was only quiet because there wasn't much to do in that month, in that particular month. Not that it was like that always, Mm -hmm. but in that particular month, but experiencing that made me feel like, oh goodness, there must be hiding some kind of work for me. I'm not good Mm -hmm. enough, or I'm not doing something. And they've decided that we're just going to put her on the back burner or something. You know, I couldn't just kind of breathe in that moment and just be like, okay, maybe Lord, God just wants things to be quiet right now. He wants to teach me something or what's his will for this month. It was never like me going back to find out what his will was. It was always like, no, there's a reason why this is happening. So, yeah. Yeah. No, don't. In your essay, you also talk about this idea of, again, my interpretation of it is the blessing of isolation. And even as I call it the blessing of isolation, I'm also aware that right now and even when I say right now just still coming kind of coming out of COVID or navigate our way through that a lot of people were driven into depression because of isolation and so I guess what I want you to share with us is why was this thing that caused many such like heartaches depression how did it become a blessing for you? Mm -hmm. I think I would have to say because I'd been so busy before, I wasn't taking time to be quiet and be still. And I noticed when I was quiet and I was still, God would always bring someone or something 
that would allow me to use my talent or use the wisdom that he's given me to bless them. And it was in the isolation of COVID. It wasn't any other time that I really remember it. It was every single thing that allowed me to find the blessing in isolation came during COVID. I would be just sitting outside my porch and an old grandmother would come just to visit because my husband is a pastor. So sometimes they just come and they visit. So they would come and visit. And in that time, just speaking to them, there were so many blessings through that. There were so many times where I was encouraging them or they were encouraging me. There were times where I would be like, okay, well, I'm going to go visit a friend. And when I visit that friend, because I had the time, I made the time, the isolation gave me that time. It's safely, of course, I would visit and they would just bless our kids with clothes. So I was like, if I was too busy to visit my friends, this blessing wouldn't have come for all the children. If I had been not feeling like, okay, well, I want to walk outside my house and meet this friend because we are isolated, but you have your people that you're close with too. You can still go visit quickly and come back. And Mm -hmm. I think in that moment also, like just those specific moments where I wasn't looking for anything, I was just kind of trying to be obedient to the rules as much as possible. I feel like God saw that I was being still, that I was following direction and he would just bring people and situations. And even that, just when you only have just the phone to talk to people, you tell them everything that you're going through or everything that you're feeling. And somebody had an answer. Somebody had something to help with. So I think that's probably when I saw that being isolated has actually made me aware of other people or made me aware of how God can really use my life. It doesn't have to be busy all the time. It doesn't have to be about being somebody who's accomplished all the time. Mm -hmm. Like he really can work in the stillness, you know? Yeah. That's so good. We know that change is inevitable. Yet as human beings, we sometimes fight hard against it, right? We don't want to embrace change. Yeah. And on your journey through the season, like you said, if you could give your perspective shift at name, it would be expect the unexpected. Is that what you said? Yeah. So, yeah. and to, I feel like to be in that frame of mind is to be open to change. So on your journey through the season, how did embracing change lead you to your perspective shift? And was embracing change easy for you to do? Mm, embracing change was not easy. Because <laughs> I always say, I got married and then COVID hit and I really had to embrace change, but it wasn't easy. I got married and then so many other things happened. I wasn't at the kind of job that I was always used to, or Mm -hmm. I had to get used to a totally different community also. And they didn't know me. They knew my husband, but they didn't know me. So there was a lot of change that I had to get used to. It wasn't just the change of like, the different things that God was doing in my life, but everything that was now a part of my life, which was the new people, the new community, everything. So it wasn't easy to embrace change, but it was good. It was good in the sense that I really had a longing for so long to see what else God has out here for me. I really thank him because 
whenever I think about the kind of jobs I've had, I've always learned are the, like so many things that always get me ready for the next job or the next assignment. So when it comes to where I am now, it was such a big difference because it was like moving from the city to like a really, really quiet place, like really quiet. But it gave me a chance to really get to know people sitting and talking and being a part of the same movements and things like that. So I think that for me was a big thing just to be able to be like, okay, I've never been around a group of older women and been a teacher to them. So now I have to figure out and pray because I can't do it by myself. It's too big. I felt Mm -hmm. like, especially that part was too big. Going to a new community. I mean, I've been in other countries where it's like, I don't know anyone, but being there and actually weird because it's my home country. It's where I'm from, but I still felt like such an outsider. So that change was difficult because I wasn't around the city where it's kind of like, okay, I've been in many cities, so I'm used to it. It was very rural and quiet and traditional. So I think in that aspect as well, it was a big change for me. I forgot the other part of your question, perspective. Uh, No, you answered it. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was actually just thinking as well in your essay, the latter part, I guess the last experience that you shared. Oh, yeah. I was undecided of whether or not I should bring that up now, but I'm going to bring it up because a part of me was just like, no, I want them to read this for themselves, but without giving too much away. Can you walk right. us through like that last experience that you shared in your essay and even that change, like being open to that and yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, just whatever is on your heart that you want to share about that. Yeah. If you could just share some stuff with us on that. Yeah. That last part was uh, completely a curveball. <laughs> it, was... <laughs> it just came. And the funny thing is, I always look at how it happened. We were at a wedding and my friend who was getting married, the evening of her wedding, I was actually at her house because it was COVID. So they weren't good. And I needed to stay at her house for the night and then leave the next morning. And out of nowhere, she just said, I need somebody to help me with this child. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. And I I hadn't talked to my husband. I hadn't said anything to him. And she was just like, well, I just need a place where this child can stay. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. I'll find out where. And it didn't even take me a couple of days. I don't even know how I said yes. I can honestly say I don't know how I said yes. Because even when I talked to my husband, he just looked at me like, are you serious? And I, I was like, yeah, I think I'm serious. Like, And he was like, okay, like, but not a convincing, okay. And I think we were on the same page. Like, we feel like we should do this, but we're not sure why, you know? So I think that that last part was very close to our hearts. It really helped us to understand that God can bring anything in your life. You just have to be ready. You just have to be open And everybody that we talked to, every time we told them what we're doing, they'd be like, you guys are so brave. And we couldn't understand what they meant. (laughs) Because we we were like, 
well, it's just helping another child. It's just, that's all it is. I felt like we were so like innocent and gullible about it. We were just like, well, we're just helping, you know? But now when we look back at it, it was like, yeah, we were really brave because anything could have happened. And, you know, on top of it, she's coming from a totally different environment. But here's God giving us an opportunity to speak into her life. And she was just the best, the best thing ever. She was completely everything I said she was. So inclusive, so lovable, and just ready to receive love. You could tell like she really wanted that. She wanted Mm -hmm. that love. And so I think God was just showing us that I'm going to do things that are so out of this world that I am telling you now, be prepared. Be prepared for anything. So, and there was so many people also who were like, you shouldn't do this. Yeah. Very many who were like, you guys shouldn't do this. Even in my own family, you know, it was like, this is like, you don't even have your own kids. Like, why would you want to do this? You know, but we really felt like this was from God. And every time, every night we prayed with her, every night we talked to her mom to encourage her, we could feel. And then when her mother, I didn't put this in the essay, but her mother actually came and did a week of counseling with us. And that has completely changed her life. Just today, actually, I went to see her again. And Mm -hmm. like, she's totally different. Even her face, the way she looks, she's happy. She's trusting again. That was the biggest thing to see her trusting again. And I had given her an assignment to pray about the type of person that she wants in her life. And today she says, she calls me mom. So she was like, mommy, he ticks all the boxes because she started seeing somebody that she thinks might be somebody that she would like to, you know, marry one day. And she was like, he ticks all the boxes. And I was just like, that's good. At least, you know, even if you guys don't work out, but you can see that you need to have a picture of what you want and present that picture to God and be like, you know, is this the right person? Are these the things I should be searching for? So that part was, it was an amazing experience. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about that. No, that's good. You said a whole lot. I think just to kind of close us off, it's for those, for those people who might be having a hard time kind of embracing change or being open to what God might be wanting to do in their life in this season. Do you have any type of encouragement for them or advice? Don't think about it too much. Hmm. It's his world. That's one thing I discovered. It's his world. God's going to do with us what he wants to do with us. We just have to be willing. So sometimes we overthink things. And I truly feel like if, if I hadn't just given everything to him and asked him to just be the one to give me the answers, I don't think any of the stuff would have happened. If I hadn't looked at isolation the way I ended up looking at it, I think I could also have been one of those people who was just clinically depressed or irritated all the time or something. So I think I would say, yeah, change is going to come, but God wants to do things that are different. And I feel like that's what he's been doing in our lives those last few years, these last two years is he's trying to do different things. He's trying to help us to see that he wants to do things differently. I heard somebody say with these 
new age kids or millennials, I'm not sure what they call them, but most of them don't want old school church. They just want Jesus, you know? And when I heard that, I was like, and that's totally different from what most of us grew up in, Mm -hmm. but that's it. You know, he wants to do something different. You just have to don't overthink it. Be ready to be brave. That's basically what I think I would say is just don't overthink it and be ready to be brave because he wants to completely just blow our minds. And I think he's doing that. Yeah. Ah, so good. Well, before we go, we want to leave you with this. First Corinthians 8, 3 says, but if anyone loves God truly with affectionate reverence, prompt obedience and grateful recognition of his blessings, he's known by God recognized as worthy of his intimacy and love and he's owned by him first corinthians 2 16 also says for who has known the mind and the purposes of the lord so as to instruct him but we have the mind of christ to be guided by his thoughts and purposes patience thank you so much for sharing with us today it was a pleasure having you thank you so much for having me it was so much fun i really enjoyed this And we would love to hear about your experiences with change, your experiences with isolation in this COVID season. After hearing about patients' journey, is there any way that you could be thinking about your situation differently? Could it be a blessing in disguise? Could God be trying to get you to be still and to hear what he has for you in this season? Be sure to check out Patience's article on francisdreamer.com. You'll get the full story, the full scoop. Even that last experience that we talked about in code, you'll be able to read that in full for yourself and, <laughs> and be blessed by that. You can also find Patience on Instagram. Her handle is at Mrs. That's M-R-S dot Zoa Love. And all of her information where you can find her, that'll be in the description below. Yeah. Thanks again, Patience, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the On My Soapbox podcast. I'm your girl, LaToya Francis. Until next time, stand for something or fall for anything.